Sure, we have 30 seconds to tell you that drivers who switch to Progressive could save big. But then what? Well, there is a nice piece of stock music playing behind me that a talented composer worked really hard on. So let's enjoy it. Wow, almost overshadows the saving big when you switch to Progressive part. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Any workout, any mood, any time. That's what the Peloton Tread is all about. From interval runs that motivate you to go the extra mile, power walks that work up a sweat, rolling hill hikes for you to enjoy, and full body boot camps to hit your goals. Plus thousands of workouts that go beyond the tread. Strength programs, core classes, yoga, Pilates, and even boxing. Everything you need on and off the Peloton Tread. Experience it all for yourself with a 30-day home trial. Learn more at OnePeloton.com. Now each of you is in the process of building the structure of your lives. And the question is whether you have a proper, a solid, and a sound blueprint. And I want to suggest some of the things that should be in your life's blueprint. Number one in your life's blueprint should be a deep belief in your own dignity, your own worth, and your own somebodiness. Don't allow anybody to make you feel that you are nobody. Always feel that you count. Always feel that you have worth. And always feel that your life has ultimate What you just heard in the opening was a short snippet of a speech from Dr. Martin Luther King to students called What's Your Life's Blueprint? Now hopefully as you were listening well maybe you were thinking to yourself what's my life's blueprint? No matter how old you are where you're at in your life it's always a good question to ask what is my life's blueprint? Today on the show, we meet with Elaine Jacques, and Elaine and I discuss all things meaning and connection. What is the blueprint of how we get closer to others, how we create esteem and kindness and goodness and positivity? It's just two friends chatting, two people who haven't known each other that long, but are developing chemistry and growing and talking about really important things in life. How we'll be remembered. I know I'd like to be remembered for a blueprint of my life related to kindness. I hope you enjoy this episode with Elaine Jacques. All right, we're here back on Dr. D's Social Network with uh, someone who I had a great off-air conversation with, uh, Elaine. And how do you say your last name, Elaine? Jacques. It's very Jacques. French. Very, very French. It's, uh, is that your background uh, from France, like ancestors, whole thing? 
ancestrally, ancestrally, yes, but it, it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. It's like, no, no, not right now. <laughs> not, not, not like yesterday or not you yesterday. Know, my last generation or anything like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so how has your holiday season been? It was very nice, a little bit different, obviously, as one might expect. Um, you know, my mother made little masks in holiday fabrics. <laughs> oh, okay. So, you know, we could be festive while being protected. That's nice. I like when people like put spins on their mask and they make them like fun and try to just, yes. you know, how to have a silver lining on it. You know, that's kind of cool. <laughs> how about you guys? How How is it for you and your family? It was nice. It was really relaxing. It was just my daughter and my wife and I, and we just enjoyed a really relaxing day. It Very was nice. Not unlike most days here, but it was just, we've had a lot of Christmases where it was just us three, so it wasn't um, foreign to us, really. You know? Well, that's good. That's good. Do you have family up in Washington or no? No, it's just us, and all oh. all of our family lives on the East Coast in Pennsylvania oh and goodness. Maryland. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we're not so we're farthest away you can be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the whole left and right coast or East and West Coast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So wow. yeah, it's you know we usually visit my parents and stuff, but uh. And I, I, we're being safe and, you know, and uh, yes. taking some precautions yes. and it's just, just a long yeah, way to absolutely. go, especially during these times, you know. Oh, yes. And, and I'm sure that the weather back there was more white Christmas than out here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was Washington. It's very uh, rainy and stuff. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just okay, you know, but it's not, yeah. I heard it was definitely snowed back east, you know. Yes. Yes. So they get the white Christmas, but they also get the ice and a lot of it. So <laughs> most definitely. So I see that you're, uh, you seem like you're a very big connector of other people. I've noticed something I can identify with. What, what started you with that? Oh, I love connecting people and being someone who facilitates just saying, I'm talking to people from all over the world, having fun conversations. And when they say something, I think, oh, ooh, there's someone from this other country that I think you should talk to. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's so much fun to be able to facilitate those kinds of connections between people who maybe wouldn't have met each other otherwise. And then sometimes they come up with fun collaborations and they do great things. And I get to think, you know, I had a small part in that. And that's, that to me is, I think I would say grandiosely part of my legacy is just being able to be a part of connecting people with other people who I think both of them are amazing. And how fun is that? I think it's fantastic. It's something I definitely like to do. Uh, was there a point when you like made a, a like a, a turning point for you in that endeavor? Oh, yes, absolutely. So for 16 years, I've been a speech language pathologist in hospitals, and I've never been on social media before because of that, um, because some of the patients that I work with are psychiatrically unstable. So for kind of personal safety reasons. I've never been on social media. And so when I got onto LinkedIn about, I guess it's coming up on four years ago, um, that was a big step for me and having conversations with strangers. And yeah, <laughs> most definitely. And, and so that was the opening of just connecting with people from around the world and saying, how can I facilitate connections between people that I've had fun conversations with? So yes, that was that was the big turning point for me was getting on LinkedIn and discovering I could be a part of the global community. Why did you choose LinkedIn? Oh, <laughs> well, when I went through my coaching certification program, uh, one of my coaching classmates said, you have to get onto LinkedIn. And I was like, mm -hmm. I don't want to get onto social media. She's like, no, you have to. So I, I guess I chose LinkedIn because, you know, I, I didn't. 
I didn't want social media just for the sake of social media. And my purpose was to be able to get to know people in the coaching community in a, in a bigger way and just be able to help people that I probably would never bump into um, otherwise. So that, that was why I chose LinkedIn more. I think if I'm honest, getting shoved into it. You got shoved into it. Yes, but that was that was good. It stretched my comfort zone and it has been very rewarding. So I'm not sorry, but uh, as far as choosing LinkedIn, I think that was a bit proactive for what happened. So. Yeah. So what's the what's been the journey? What has the journey been like? Because I know, I mean, tons of people on LinkedIn, I think, you know, there's been a lot of positive things and there's also been a lot of challenging aspects, I think, when, you know, connecting with people you don't know. What's what has been your experience? Oh, I would agree with that. I think it has been very positive from the standpoint of I made the conscious decision to say I really have appreciated my more open mindset from having spent time overseas. Um, When I was 18, I taught English as a foreign language in Taiwan. And when I came back, I said, you know, I don't, I don't want to lose that bigger connection and that bigger belief in the beauty that is there in our world. And so when I got onto LinkedIn, one of the things that I would do is I would say, okay, today I'm going to search on this country and I'm going to look at all the people that are on on LinkedIn in that country. And I'm going to request to connect with everyone who looks interesting. And then the next day I'm going to pick a different country. (laughs) So kind of a random approach, I'm sure, but it has given me such um, an amazingly rich um, network of people, some of whom I don't share a language with. And so we get to do fun things like Google Translate, which <laughs> provides some miscommunications at times. Right. Um, but it, it definitely, there, there are people all over the world who are beautiful and amazing and wonderful and are just really great people. And then, you know, there are the people who are on the other side of that coin. And I think with any industry or any environment or any community, you're going to have people who um, maybe don't show up as their best self. And you have to be prepared for that. I I will say my first few experiences that were less than uh, were a bit of a shock to me. Um, and, And that was a bit startling, but you navigate through that and then you learn things like, oh, I can block people. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And, And that takes care of a certain amount of issues that, you know, if you get messages that are of a, um, less than professional nature, uh, that is a way to address that. So, um, yeah, it's, it has been interesting. I, I will say that, um, there's probably a dark side to every community and LinkedIn is no exception. You know what? Well said. And uh, I found it interesting you explained it as and people don't show up as their best selves. I was like, that's a really nice way to say it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> like, oh, they're like not their be best selves today. <laughs> you know? That's very nice. I think there's a lot more diplomatic people than we are being exposed to, you know, with mm-hmm. media and things. I think there's just a lot of really nice people out there and we all have different mm-hmm. opinions on different things, but, um, which is fine, but I think yeah. we're definitely much nicer than we're being shown to be in many ways. Yeah. yeah. How about you? How, how, how has your journey been getting onto social media in general and, and specifically with LinkedIn? Ooh. Um, pretty long journey. And that, um, I think initially I had everything under the sun because I kind of thought I was like, oh yeah, these are good ways to meet people. I have this one and that one. And then I felt that it was, um, just overwhelming to have all these Mm -hmm. different platforms to communicate on. And I went back to what I feel like I always said whenever, you know, I'm running an organization or different things like that, which is like, you know, focus on one or two things and do that extremely well. And Mm so I had evaluated like Facebook, Instagram, all these Twitter and LinkedIn. I had been on all of those and I decided, you know, the only one I really like to use and I feel like I'm meeting a different type of person, one that's maybe more open to the things that I'm into was on LinkedIn because it had more of a professional media Mm -hmm. uh, aspect to it. 
Um, so I got rid of all my other social media like five or six years ago and have focused solely on LinkedIn because I felt that's where I was meeting most of the people that I wanted to have discussions with uh, for that. And yeah. um, throughout that time, early beyond that, I also had, an, and when I lived in Las Vegas, I had a networking group for fitness professionals uh, in person. Uh-huh. And we'd have monthly gatherings and just, you know, be collegial and have conversations. And uh, I found that to be incredibly difficult over time because it's hard to get people together on a regular basis over many yeah. years to do something that doesn't involve them making money. Right. Um and I think the money aspect of networking is always the hardest part because people, the people who are not showing up as their best selves, I think often try to show up as their monetary self. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it in a nice way like you did, okay? <laughs> <laughs> they show up in their monetary selves and trying to sell me on something immediately. And I feel like that's something I'm constantly having to navigate on LinkedIn. Yeah. It's like, I, I, I don't want your product or, you know, I... I, I don't even know who you are, you know, like, right. let's get to know each other. And I think that's always an uphill battle, I think, on yeah. any platform you use, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, that's that's very interesting. I, I have connections from time to time. Oh, you should be on this. Oh, you should be on that. And I think you you don't understand how much time I spend on LinkedIn as it is. I don't know how you have time for anything else. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's also a thing, it's like, you know, there's different levels of it. Like I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn with, or with, uh, what I like to do in networking. And I think sometimes people, they just, they don't necessarily use the thing that they're using. They're on, they just mm-hmm. kind of creep around on it and look at other people. It's not even like, and I was like, why do I need to do that? Like, I'll just, stand, I don't know. It seems weird to me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. A little bit, a little bit. A little bit kind of voyeuristic. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of a voyeuristic, you know, mentality Uh to be on a a site and not contribute to it, but just watch what else is happening. So I was like, no, I want to pick something that I'll actually contribute to and and focus on an agenda that I feel is um, that is really positive for that. Um, It seems like that's what you've done. I think it makes it so much more meaningful and so much more fulfilling to to really be involved. And I think how I've worded it sometimes is to join the conversation. You know, there's a great big global conversation that's happening in these little fits and spurts with people posting content and everything. And it's instead of just watching Instead of being, I think the term I've heard is lurker, which sounds a little bit less creepy mm-hmm. than saying a creeper, but <laughs> <laughs> all sounds not, bad. Not by much, not by <laughs> much. So it, I think it's it's so rewarding. It's it's similar to if you're at a party and you're just sitting in the corner. Yeah, you will derive some, you know, just I guess joy of just being in the environment. But there's so much more when you start to contribute as you've said, and you start to add value and you start to share what it is that you have to share because everyone does have expertise in something. And a lot of people don't believe that, but it is true. We all have something that we are uniquely experienced in, even if it's just based on our life. And I think join the conversation, have fun, share with it and, and find out what it means to be a part of that. So very well said, Darian. Thanks. I mean, well said on your part. I, I'm kind of like you. I have people who will say, "I'm on this. Uh, I'm in this Facebook group, and you should join it." And even though it seems like it's a very nice thing, I always am like, "Yeah, I'm not joining Facebook. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I'm not going on there, man. It's just not happening for me." And like, and I think I've kind of developed this thing. Where it's like, listen, I can't be everywhere, and yeah, on all these, I can't show up as my best self if I'm on four or five things. And for me, it's like a lesson of I can't show up and be my best self in my life if I'm doing like 20 different projects, you know, or exactly. it's just, you, you know, the whole term is like that you are, you know, wearing yourself thin. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think we have this idea that we have to do all this stuff. But if you're mediocre at it, what's the point? If you're mediocre at like 10 things, I don't get that, you know. Exactly. And I I think it's 
and I actually think you made a comment about this, that it's the quality over the quantity that's important. Yeah. And, and that is so true because you can show up and leave like a little blurp comment on something and it's not meaningful. And yeah, no. if you're not actually watching a video or listening to a podcast show like this one, you know, just saying, oh, great post, that really, it doesn't land as authentic and it doesn't really contribute to the conversation, you know, of how did it touch you? How did it make a difference in your life? So for neither party, the person who's just leaving little, what I call blurps, um, and the person who reads it, it, it's not, it's. It's like if you're walking past a group at a party and just say, hey, okay, hi. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really, if you think about it, like posting is is processed information. Mm -hmm. It's uh, fast food. Uh, There's no real conversation happening. It's just somebody posts something, although there might be messages associated with it, there's really no real interaction. There's no understanding of the, you know, the pitch, the tone of the person's voice, uh, mm-hmm. facial expressions. You're, you're, it's very easy to miscommunicate. In fact, oh. an, an easy exercise for people to do is like LinkedIn has all these like stories, like news and stuff on the right side of the screen. And mm-hmm. if you go there and somebody posts about, let's say like today there was a big story on uh, vaccination, whatever. And if you actually go in the comments, it's really sad because people don't post on there and just, you know, are nice. People aren't nice to each other. They're generally come on and put out very extreme ideas. Or even if the person is a really nice person, they end up becoming nasty if somebody says something weird or whatever. They, you know, it becomes this weird cycle. Mm -hmm. And and I think we have to we have to stop that stuff. It's like if posting, you need to be thoughtful about posting. And if it's yeah. done in a way to just rile people up without actually having a real conversation, like if it was me and I disagreed on something somebody said, I would private message that person and go, I would like to have a phone conversation about this and discuss your point of view and my point of view. And I guarantee if you did that, you would find a lot of commonality and how you felt about things, you know? Oh, absolutely. But absolutely. going back and forth and like a, a stream of back and forth comments, I think it's extremely unproductive. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's, I, I would say it's more talking at each other rather than with yeah. each other. And that's incredibly unrewarding for both of you, especially when, as you have so rightly said, you miss the facial expressions, you miss the vocal tone, and that can impart so much more of a message. You know, if I say something uh, along the lines of, I just type out, hey, Darian, how it's going today, mm-hmm. you might think, okay, she doesn't really mean that. Whereas if I'm like, Darian, how are you? How's mm-hmm. it going? Well, you're not going to get that from just me writing that. And that's, of course, a very small, silly example in comparison to sometimes, uh, I will say, like for me, I, I tend to have a little bit of a dry sense of humor. So I might say something that you know, I just say it and I let it sit there and maybe mm-hmm. I have a little sparkle in my eye, but if you don't see that, you're not going to realize I'm joking. And that can cause a great deal of miscommunication when it's something that what I hear in my head is sort of this fun little silly statement. And what you hear is I'm being serious. And I think that's, yeah. you know, definitely the case. And I'm not, I'm joking. So that level of miscommunication can certainly happen. And then of course you add to that, if someone is uh, considerably vehement about something, um, then that just comes across as very, very angry. And maybe they were just excited about it or, you know, worked up about it, but not angry. Yeah. And now what you say next may have them cross the line from excited or interested in the conversation to now everyone's just angry. So I, I definitely think having those conversations and having those more meaningful connections and having it be offline where it's not just this yeah. big rant exchange, if you will, uh, I think is far more productive. And I love what you said about that. We do have more commonalities between us than differences. You know, there are so many amazing people in this world. And when you actually start to have a conversation, it's so much fun learning about other people and how they've come to be where they are. 
And I just, I love that. And that's not something you're going to get from a quick little comment or a little interchange in comments. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I, I think it's, you know, it's, it's an interesting experiment. You know, it's like the people you surround you with, the, the presence of others. Like I, I know a ton of people and I don't know, they never get into these spats with people online. Like that's not, I never see that from people that I'm connected to, that they're having these, these, uh, explosive commentary, um, battles online. You know, I think it's just, we've got to get away from that. It's fine to post in those things, but I think we should be aware of like posting what's the expectation behind it. And I'm always a big proponent of like, it's okay to post, but let it be meaningful and don't do it just because you're trying to create volume. Like, well, I have to do this every day. I'm like, well, you don't. I mean, I don't know who told you that. Right. Um, <laughs> yes. There's no like rules, really. That's that's the whole thing about the internet. There's really no rules. So if there's really no rules, then there's no rules to tell you that you have to produce content all the time. It's yeah. just, I'm a big believer of producing what feels organic to you, what feels mm-hmm. meaningful to you, and what represents who you actually are as a person not what you want people to see about you um, online or, you know, a projection of yourself that's not realistic about who you are. Yes, no, absolutely. And, and that's something that it's been such an interesting experience for me. And, and I understand, you know, people have their professional headshot and I have one as well. And, but what I want is when people get onto a zoom video call with me that they don't go, do I have the right person? Like, is that really <laughs> her? You know, that I look like my profile photo. Okay. Maybe I don't wear that specific shirt or whatever, but that I look like my profile photo, because to me, that's a representation of my level of honesty and my level of integrity of if I use a completely Photoshopped picture so that I look 20 yeah. years younger than I actually am. <laughs> You know, you get on the phone with me and of course the subconscious and maybe even conscious reaction to that is, well, what else isn't she telling the truth about? Mm. What else is she misrepresenting? And I think that's, that's something that a lot of people miss is that, you know, oh, we have to present such a polished facade to everybody and to recognize at some point you're going to meet people in person. I mean, this year has been an exception, but at some point you're going to meet people in person. And if you show up so differently in person than you do when you're online, it creates that incongruity that really starts to say, well, what else is there? That's not quite what it seemed. And I think that's really unfortunate. Yeah, actually interesting. You said that I was, um, I was watching, uh, streaming something the other day and, in the, like the ads and the commercial, there was some um, Facetune or some type of uh, app that they were promoting, you know, like changes your eye colors and, you know, takes out like all, like a lot of the stuff in your face that maybe like scars or dimples and all that. I mean, it basically makes you look different, you know? Wow. And I remember thinking like they're promoting this to, you know, massive audience. And I was like, this is not good. This is definitely no. not good that we're promoting people download an app that changes their eye color and changes, you know, the, the tone of their skin on, you know, on an app and feel, you know, it's like a massive filter basically wow. for your pictures. And I said, man, this is on it. This is like an ad on TV now, you know? Yeah. And I find that highly dangerous because, you know, that gets in the hands of kids and different mm-hmm. people. And then they, they're, they're remaking themselves um, into something that they're actually not. And exactly. I actually had a conversation with my daughter about it. I was like, that, that app is not happening around here. <laughs> it's like, Good you are you. beautiful the way you are. You don't need enhancements through this or that. You know, Just be yourself. It's always best to be yourself, regardless oh, of what that means, you know? Absolutely. Well, and I think when we, as I mentioned earlier, when we show up as our best selves, when we show up as our real, genuine, authentic, whatever word speaks to you, self, 
the people that we attract to us by doing that, those are the people that we're going to have the most meaningful connections with. Whereas if you show up as this big shiny front and you attract people who like that, then when they meet you, they're going to be disappointed and you're going to be disappointed. And so I think why, why go to all the effort to present yourself as someone different when that just means you're going to be making connections and, and resonating with people who aren't really your people. Yeah. I think it's a lot of courage to be yourself because, you know, being yourself may not be very popular to society at large, but I think it's like anything doing the right thing may not be popular, but at least Mm -hmm. you'll have peace in your heart about how you've presented yourself. And I think that is something that I think has come to the forefront in our society in the last decade or so is, you know, how you presenting yourself authentically, who you are, regardless of that is uh, sexual orientation or that is related to, you know, um, fashion, um, whatever that, whatever it may be, I think the world is going to judge you regardless. It's mm-hmm. just gonna, that's what mm-hmm. people do. They judge other people and you can't stop people from not having a, a thought about you or yeah. how you are, but you can control how you come, how you present yourself. And is that really you? And I, I, I know for me, like, I always tell listeners of the show and people I meet, like, you're going to get me no matter what. Like, mm-hmm. you meet me here, meet me there. There's no separate life of mine. What you see is what you get. This is it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's so meaningful and so rewarding because you don't have to wonder. You don't have to guess, you know, who who am I meeting with today? Is it person A or person B? And so the consistency, you know, that's a big word, I think, right now is the consistency and consistently showing up as yourself is because people like certainty, which is part of the reason why this year has been so hard for people. People like certainty. They like to know what to expect because then it doesn't require as much energy to be guessing and pre-thinking and overthinking yeah. and and all of that and and you showing up as yourself gives that reassurance of this is who I am this is who I'm always going to be you know with slight variations obviously sure. if I have a cold I'm not going to sound the same way sure. <laughs> to use the silly example but you know we all have our off days and our off moments but if you consistently it, you know, on the, on the larger scale, show up as yourself, you save people that extra stress of not knowing, well, who am I going to meet with? And that sounds a little silly, but it, for as many decisions as we make every single day, the resources, the energy that we have doesn't need to be expended on, well, who am I really meeting with and how are they going to actually show up today versus when I've met them before? And I, I think, think a that's lot, a gift. Yeah that we can give each other is to Most just be definitely. our real selves. Well, and a gift for others, like in relationships and things of that nature, you know, you want to be with a partner who is consistently the person you, you think they're presenting themselves as and exactly uh, and have stability with that. I know for, like for me, it took me a while to grow into the person I am today. You know, as you're younger, you're trying to navigate the world as yeah. How about you? How has that been in your life? Oh, certainly. I, you know, I um, am maybe a little unusual for a woman in that I'm 47 years old and I, I make no bones about that. I will obviously publicly say that. And I am definitely a very different person than I was, say, 25 years ago. You know, when you're still figuring out who you are and becoming more comfortable in your own skin. And I think that process happens at different rates for different people, but depending on what they're exposed to and what kinds of things happen with them. Um, I'm, I'm going to say very openly, I think my work in the hospitals has been one of the biggest growth experiences that I've had. Just simply, it's a very challenging environment and the kinds of issues that you work through with people are life-threatening. Um, you know, if you don't know what you're doing, someone's going to die. And that's, that's a lot of pressure. Um, and it's, it has certainly put me in contact with a lot of different personality types that I don't think you would probably find at least in that 
uh, extreme uh, in in perhaps a more corporate, you know, professional setting. You know, yeah. certainly there are exceptions to that rule. But, you know, in the hospital where people are upset and they're disturbed and they're distressed and they're in pain and, you know, they feel very urgently that things are not happening as quickly as they should be. And sometimes that is very true. And just navigating through all of that has been a very powerful growth experience for me in being able to interact effectively with a lot of different personality types. And how do I do that? And how do I make sure that I'm being respectful, but also making sure that boundary lines aren't being crossed? You know, the, I understand you're upset, but you don't actually have to scream every profanity known to humankind in my face because I happen to be the one to walk in your room is a very difficult um it's a difficult balance to to strive to show respect for their distress but also make sure that um you're being treated as a human being as well because that is important so it's it's i think it's very much been a growth experience for me and a stretching experience and then of course getting on linkedin and stretching myself to have conversations with people that oh, i don't know and even though that sounds silly in the context of working in hospitals um it it is very different to show up and um do videos that was a big stretch thing for me because mm-hmm. um, I do tend to be on the more introverted side of the introvert extrovert scale. So I can do these things, but it is very much a stretch um, outside my comfort zone. And that's been really good for me and has helped me to grow and certainly has helped me be more empathetic with other people and the things that they are struggling with. And then of course you introduce 2020 into all of that. And we've all had mm-hmm. a lot of growth. Most definitely for sure. I, I think different situations help you grow in different ways. And, um, well, I think it's, you know, people get into really uh, middle age in their life. And they still don't even know how to present themselves, who they are. I thought it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Like you were like, well, I'm, I will say how old I am for women, <laughs> you know, like, what do you think the hangup is in that for, for women that have, I mean, I've experienced that when I have had many conversations throughout the years with, with people and you ask them how old they are and they're like, well, how old do you think I am? Or, mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to say, what is that about in your mind? Yeah. Oh, I think, I think in general, and I think there's some global applications to it, but I think in general, we tend to uh, venerate the idea of youth and vitality and that you're only really alive when you're, you know, 20 something. And I, I just, I think that's so fascinating just from the standpoint of, I do feel so much more comfortable in my own skin and with who I am. And yes, I still have things that I want to improve and grow and um, become more of or less of as the case may be. And I think age is one of those facets of people. I I think we like to categorize things. Um, So I'm going to use the example of, you know, I have red hair and people make assumptions about me based on the fact that I have red hair. One of them tends to be that, oh, I have a bad temper. And that's not actually true. Um, I will say my sister who has brown hair and blue eyes, she has the bad temper. So... So, so it's, it's interesting to me that we, we do tend to categorize. And I think it comes back to that. It's easier if, if we can have a best guess about what to expect. And so people will tend to categorize. And so they'll say, oh, she is this age. So that means this and whether or not that's actually true, it just makes it easier. And, and it's a stereotype. And so for me, I guess, you know, one of my things is I'm not going to participate in that stereotype because I'm happy with who I am and I'm happy with the age that I am. And I think, you know, if I show that I'm comfortable with that and I'm happy to say it, then, you know, maybe that inspires someone else to not feel like, oh, my life is over because I hit this specific age. (laughs) Your life is over when you decide it's over and based on your actions. And that can happen at 23. You know, I've had 20 somethings that I've been connected to and had conversations with. They're like, oh, I'm so old. I'm 22 years old. And (laughs) I have to say, I get some eye exercise rolling my eyes at them, but um, never mind. (laughs) So it's just, it's, it's your mindset. And, you know, we all have seen those videos of 
90-something-year-olds who are out there doing gymnastics and, you know, doing running and, and marathons and all of that. So you're only as old as you've decided you are. And if someone wants to put you in a box based on your age, that's on them. And you live your life the way you want to, and you're the age that you decide you want to be inside of you. And yes, our bodies do, you know, fun things as we get older, but <laughs> it's still, it's still up to you how you decide to use the experience and make the best of it. And Hey, I think being 47 is awesome and I'm looking forward to 48 and everything that comes after that. So I, I'm, I'm not sure that I should speak for everyone, but I think it has to do with the obsession with youth culture and, you know, that we have to get lifts and nips and tucks and Botox and all of that, which I'm like, no, yeah, I have yeah. this, I have this fun <laughs> quote that I like by, I think it's Irma Bombeck. And if someone wants to correct me, I will accept that, but it's, you know, life is not meant to be to arrive at the end of your life looking well-preserved and, you know, all of that. It's meant to slide into home base, used up, wrinkled, scarred, and saying, wow, what a ride. <laughs> and that for me, that's how I want to be. When when I get to the end of my ride, I want it to be, I have scars that show that I was stronger than something that, you know, tried to get me and I won. That's awesome. That's really cool. What an answer to that. <laughs> I think it's so that think it's a, yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to tell a little funny story about uh, my little brother. He's 11 years younger than me. And um, my mom always said she was 21. I think I can't remember if it was 21 or 29, but she would always say that specific age. And he believed her right up to the moment that I turned that age. <laughs> and then he was like, Hey, wait a minute. You can't be as old as mom. Something's wrong here. Yeah. Thought, Dude, really? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so, yep, that that was one of my one of my things about nope, I'm just always gonna be the age that I actually am. Although I, I do have to tell a little funny story on myself too. And that is that I have this constant problem remembering how old I am and not um, as my mother says, if you're gonna lie about your age, lie lower don't lie up. And I'm always thinking I'm older than I am. So wow. I thought for most of this last year that I was already 48 and I'm not. <laughs> and okay. So I, I'm, constantly, I'm constantly thinking I'm older than I am and I'm not sure where that came from, but um, I, I, you know, get to live some years twice because I am very insistent for <laughs> you know, two years that I'm 50. And I'm like, Wait, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely think aging is very different. I mean, even if you look at uh, how people look, do you ever look back on like some of those old like 1930s pictures, 40s, mm -hmm. and they'll say, oh, how old do you think this person is? I'm like, oh, definitely like 50 plus 60. And they're like, this person's 32. I'm like, that's right. rough living, man. Yes, <laughs> I'm like, exactly. What? I'm like, <laughs> I think people look a little different these days at certain ages, but- mm -hmm. I've never been one to define myself by my age, like how I think. I'm 42, and uh, I love it. I would never, if somebody said, Darian, you could either be 22 or 42, I'd be like, definitely 42. Oh, definitely. absolutely. I am way absolutely. smarter now than I have ever been in my life. <laughs> I am like at like peaking hard. Like I am like learning so much. I have so much more wisdom. And I think for me, I think for a lot of people, again, I don't know this, just speculation. I think they look back at maybe like their physical self a lot mm -hmm. too. And the vitality of that. See that I haven't changed. Like the 16 year old me looks like the 42 year old me physically. So it mm -hmm. doesn't, you know, I've always taken care of myself and, and uh, really made sure that I did the best. I've done the best with the body that was given to me. And yeah. try to do that with the mind that was given to me and, you know, all these things. So like, I don't have a hang up about my physical thing about being younger because I'm like, well, I mean, it's not any different, you know, and, and mentally I'm way, way stronger and, and yeah. I have more wisdom because of experience of life, you know? So Absolutely. I think it just depends. Like if you don't feel good about where you're at physically, mentally, and all, you haven't really grown a lot, you may desire to go back to a time where things were maybe the apex you felt for yourself. It just That's depends, true. I guess, you know? Yeah. 
I, I can't imagine that. I wouldn't go back to my 20s for anything. No, yeah. <laughs> you're pretty stupid in your 20s. Like, yes, you're really yes. not an intelligent person. Although during that time, you think you're incredibly smart. Oh. You think you're oh, so absolutely. smart. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're like yes, an idiot definitely. pretty much, though. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. You're not intelligent like, well, in your 20s. Thank you. Yeah. No, no. No, not at all. You're just trying to you make it alive into your 30s. So you're like, you haven't made huge yeah. mistakes in your 20s. You're like, oh, now I'm thinking more clearly. <laughs> exactly. It's like, I don't know what I was working with back then, like cotton balls. You know, what was that? Yeah. It's such an idiot. I mean, it's so clear to me now. Like I look back, I go, what? Yeah. <laughs> what was I? What was I doing? Like, what were these thoughts in my mind? And so, you know, I... <laughs> I just don't see that as a time I want to revisit. Like, I'm like, oh, go back in the time machine. I'm like, to do what? To be dumb again? I mean, like, <laughs> make some exactly. bad choices. I mean, yeah. like, you know. yes, let's, let's review those, shall we? Because yeah. that was so much fun the first time. Yeah, yes, exactly. that's why people who are older have wisdom because they've made a mistake. They've made mistakes. They've had a lot of life lessons. They've learned, they go, okay, I could tell you that this probably isn't going to go well. And then the younger person goes, well, you don't understand. And the older person's like, oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've done this before, right? Like, yes, people ask me, oh, how how was it, you know, going to Taiwan when you were 18? And I, I'm, I'm like, you know what? They're like, oh, you're so brave. I said, you know, brave is a nice way to say that. I said, stupid <laughs> is probably another way to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I survived and that's a good thing. It, you yeah. know, it was dicey a couple of times while I was there, but I, I did survive. And so I learned a lot and it was a very good growth experience for me. But when people say, oh, you were so brave. I'm like, nah, I'm not sure brave is the word we should use. You know? No, there's a lot of things that are involved bravery. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know that that's one of them. <laughs> no. No, no, I'm pretty sure that was just, you know, youthful exuberance and stupidity. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you do dumb things, you learn from them and stuff. So there's some, you know, you just hope it's not like a really, really terrible stuff, you know, but. Right. You know, but there's, I there's think, just a lot of wisdom of being in your forties. I love being in my forties. It's, it's been awesome. I've become mm -hmm. a much more solid human being through my thirties and forties and can see around the corner of the decisions I make much clearer at this age. Yeah. yeah, no, it's incredible. And so I'm happy to hear that. And of course, you know, if, if you are into sci-fi at all, you will know that the age 42 is the answer to life, the universe and everything in the book. Um, Oh, dear goodness, I can't remember what the book is called. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Mm -hmm. So there you go. You are the you are the age that's the answer to life, the universe, and everything. <laughs> I have reached my peak of uh, of uh, intelligence. <laughs> no, like, no, 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 no. Let's not go with here. that. You're just I'm currently done. the age that's the number that is that. So no, no, don't try to convince me. It's over. It's uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I've watched the Sorry, movie. But I it watched that movie. Better. It does get better. <laughs> I I think it'll get better. I, obviously, yeah. I think no. I I have no fears about aging. I think that uh, I've told this to many people. I truly believe this. Whoever listens to this, you can say this guy's full of it. It's totally fine. But if I didn't exist tomorrow, I've had the best life I could possibly have. I have experienced is everything I've wanted to experience in my life. I've experienced love. I've experienced letdown. I've experienced now raising a child. I've experienced, mm -hmm. you know, incredible partying, hanging out with friends, wonderful family. If it's over, it was amazing. It was amazing. So I'm on bonus time. It's all gravy the rest of the way for me, I feel like. And, and I recognize that's not what a lot of people feel. But for me, I feel I have a lot of peace about my life. That's awesome. That's awesome. I was I was going to ask you. Um, you mentioned in your LinkedIn profile that you have a lot of other passions besides fitness. So, I was curious, what would you say some of your other passions are? And I think you've touched on some of them just now. Um, I think for me, well, one before I answer that is like for me, it's very important to not be typecast as a fitness person. 
Um, right. And I think um, it's very easy in any profession to be the definition of your life is becomes the profession you're in. Yes. You know, I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, I'm an artist, I'm this and that, whatever. I, I don't like that. That's not my thing. Mm -hmm. I, right. I'm just a person. And so for me, like I, I enjoy poetry. I enjoy painting. I enjoy looking at art. I love making music, doing podcasts, um, you know, recreational sports, whatever it is. I just, whatever pulls me creatively, I want to do that. I want to explore it. I want to see how I could challenge myself. I think people are so much more talented than they give themselves credit for. Oh, so true. But they 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 get pulled into a box or this thing mm -hmm. they're supposed to do, they think. And so they never explore all the talent that they have in their life. I think I'm very talented in many things. Why should I deny myself of exploring that? And why should I be typecast as one thing? Oh, absolutely. No, I love that. I think one of the saddest things that I hear people say is when they say, oh, no, 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 I'm not artistic. You know, I, I drew as a child, but well, you know, that's when you're a child. And I think you have it in there. You just aren't exploring it. You aren't experiencing it. You aren't trying it out and finding out what works for you. What do you enjoy? And I think that's a just so much fun, you know, the poetry, the painting, your art, your music. I mean, that is adds so much to your life, so many different facets and makes you enjoyable to talk to because you have a much broader interest than, oh, when I talk to Darian, all he's going to talk to me is about fitness. And, you know, today <laughs> yeah, I just really exactly. want to like, you know, play music. <laughs> but for you, when you're with someone who's artistic, you can talk to them. And when you're with someone who loves music, even if they don't play it, you can talk to them. And that makes you so much more multifaceted and interesting to talk to. And, and I think people miss that when they get so focused on, I am just fill in the job title. Yeah. And I think it also makes it so much more devastating for them when they retire or they lose their job. Yeah. Is that's their whole identity. Whereas for you, you could switch careers and you're still a poet. You're still a painter. You're still someone who appreciates art and loves music. That's still a part of who you are. So I think that's a really well-rounded way to approach life. I mean, it's, it's not really a long life if you think about it. And, mm -hmm. but there's so much talent you have inside of you. It's a shame to focus it on one thing. That yeah. I mean, it's good to be in, good at one thing. I enjoy being good at something like fitness. I'm very good at it, but it should not be everything for me. Like I'm not a, you should not eat, sleep, breathe being in the business. Like, right. you know, it may be what I spend a lot of time doing, maybe the majority, but you know, there's other things that I like to explore in my life. And I think it's a travesty if we don't explore other sides of ourselves. I'm not saying like, I'm doing all these things at the same time is I'll just be mediocre at it. You know, I mean, I'm like, but you know, I'll give myself a stretch or run where I will just focus on, um, creating music. And I'm like, I just want to do that in addition to what I do in my job, you know, mm -hmm. and then a stretch, I want to focus more on art or whatever it is. But I also don't think you need to know a lot about other things to have discussions about it. And I think that's what hampers people is they, well, I don't know about art or I don't know about the Dow Jones or I don't know about Bitcoin and stuff. It's not about knowing about it. It's about asking questions if you Absolutely. don't know something. And Absolutely. so for me, I have so many different types of people on the podcast. I don't need to have expertise in the thing they're telling me about. I just need to be able to ask relevant questions of like, well, what yes. is that? How did you get into that? What does that mean? Like, that's how you learn it. You know, you don't have oh, to have the expertise in it. Yeah. Right. No. And that, and that's a beautiful way. I, I love saying stay curious because you learned so much and life is so interesting. And the things that I learn about people just, it fascinates me. And so I was really happy actually that you said, oh, you can ask me questions as well. I was like, well, of course I want to, but I want to <laughs> But if I had the opportunity to learn more about you, why wouldn't I want to do that? You know, I already know all about me. So <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it's just people that get on podcasts and like they end up saying the same things every time on every podcast right. they're on. And it's about their business they're in, how they started it. And I I never really talk to people about their business as much. I'm just mm -hmm. like, let it flow into a normal conversation and 
you know, maybe you have a question you want to ask me. Don't be afraid to ask me. You know, it's that's how conversation is. If I'm going to say we're having a conversation, why would I just talk the whole time? Right? <laughs> that's that's more of a monologue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, shouldn't we both be talking to each other and asking questions <laughs> and like? That that was my hope, obviously. So, so I, I mean, do have another question for you, yeah. Darian. If you'll allow it, this is my favorite question to ask people. And I, of course, deviously put it towards the end of conversations. And after, of course, I've reviewed your entire LinkedIn profile and all of that. <laughs> <laughs> if you're having heart palpitations, now is a good time no, for that. never. Um, <laughs> so what is one thing, knowing all of that, what is one thing about you that I would never guess? Mm. Uh, I have something um, that just probably goes towards what we were just talking about that probably within the next 10 years, I would like to become a psychedelic therapist, maybe part-time. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I really believe in it. I think um, the potential as a great form of medicine for people who have depression or PTSD, there's a ton of research going uh -huh. on currently. And that has gone on indicating the tremendous benefits uh, for those populations and for well people as well. Um, and I, uh, and I've had wonderful experiences with it myself. And I just, I believe in being a guide for people mm -hmm. in all facets of their life. And, uh, and I think this could also be a great way to guide people in something that I feel very strongly about that I think is, in my personal opinion, going to change the world within the next 10 to 20 years, um, as things keep moving the way they're going to. So yeah, you heard it here first. That's uh, a potential future thing. <laughs> oh, there you go. See, now I'm so happy I asked that question. I, I got yeah. to, you know, debut something you've got going on. So that's awesome. Yeah, Thank you. And I looked into you it. You are right. Yeah. I would have officially never guessed that. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't think a lot of people would have guessed it generally. But, you know, again, it's just I'm curious. I have other interests. Mm -hmm. Um, I always think about different phases of my life where I'm at, I'm in my forties and my fifties, I may be doing something completely different. Maybe I'll be doing that in my sixties. Maybe I'll be doing another perfect moving into something else after I retire from fitness. I don't know, you know, but yeah, I, I tell you one thing, it, it, it's not going to define me. Whatever I do should not be what I'm completely about. You know, I, and people say, how do you want me remembered? I, I want to be remembered for qualities about me. You know, I want to be remembered for being kind, being humble, loving other people, um, being a servant to other people in an mm -hmm. honest way. I don't want to be remembered for being a good personal trainer or, yeah. you know, being uh, a leader in my field. That stuff's irrelevant at the end of your life. It's really irrelevant. It's really about how you made people feel, how you treated people. If a lot of people could say Darian treated people really well, I won. I won. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the huge trophy that I think a lot of people miss when they think, oh, it's how big of a house or what kind of car it's really, it's what's the impact have you had? I mean, think about it. If everybody said at the end of Elaine's life, Elaine was a jerk. She was terrible. <laughs> that's pretty terrible. Like that yes. a bunch of people thought about you that way. Like what a horrible life you lived that a bunch of people thought that you were just a terrible person to be around. You yeah. lost, you lost the game of life. You literally lost. Absolutely. Absolutely. So and that would it doesn't matter if terrible. you've accumulated all this wealth and you've, you've accomplished these many things. If everybody thinks you're an ass, really, what was the point of your existence? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's I, I always like to say I want to live my life so people are sad when I go not happy. <laughs> no. Well, I'm glad she's gone. That's good. <laughs> Thank goodness that's over. <laughs> Man, that whole Elaine experience. <sighs> done. <laughs> wow. That was an ordeal and a half. I'm so glad that that's done. So glad over. she bit the dust, needed to happen. World's a better place. You know, like who wants to have that set about them? <laughs> I know. And I think, uh, you know, sadly, I think a fair number of people on the planet have met people like that. And it's, yeah. it's just, I, that's so not what I want. You know, the, I think there's a saying that says something about live your life so that people are happy, uh, when you're born and sad, when you die and not the reverse. Um, mm. and of course, you know, the, 
being born part you can't control, but you can definitely control that middle part <laughs> and how it. <laughs> Most definitely. I, well, I, Elaine, thank you so much. I mean, what a, it's always it's easy to talk to you. So easy to talk to you. Well, thank you, Darian. You are fabulous to talk to as well. And I really appreciate the gracious invitation to have me on your show. Yes. Thank you so much. And uh, we will certainly be talking again. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dr. D's Social Network. Make sure you listen to future episodes. Also, please make sure to rate and review My Dad's Show on Apple Podcasts in the rate and review section. Thanks, everyone. Any workout, any mood, any time. That's what the Peloton Tread is all about. From interval runs that motivate you to go the extra mile, power walks that work up a sweat, rolling hill hikes for you to enjoy, and full body boot camps to hit your goals. Plus thousands of workouts that go beyond the tread. Strength programs, core classes, yoga, Pilates, and even boxing. Everything you need on and off the Peloton Tread. Experience it all for yourself with a 30-day home trial. Learn more at OnePeloton.com. Sure, we have 30 seconds to tell you that drivers who switch to Progressive could save big. But then what? Well, there is a nice piece of stock music playing behind me that a talented composer worked really hard on. So let's enjoy it. Almost overshadows the saving big when you switch to progressive part. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.